Joe sees his primary care physician complaining of shortness of breath and chest pain. Because of his family history and because Joe is overweight and smokes, his primary care physician is concerned that he may be at risk for cardiovascular disease. Joe's primary care physician coordinates care with a lab facility who runs his blood work and a cardiologist screens Jason for cardiovascular disease. After getting his labs back, Joe's care team of providers diagnose him with heart disease. The advantage for Joe is his care team works in a value-based care model. Their goal is to coordinate care and communicate amongst the care team to provide Joe with the best care. Joe's nurse care manager helps educate him about cardiovascular disease and lifestyle changes that he can implement to improve his health. Joe's physician has prescribed him a lipid-lowering medication to help lower his high LDL. Joe regularly meets with a dietitian who helps him start a heart-healthy diet and encourages him to become more active. Joe's nurse care manager helps him find a smoking cessation program that works for him. The bottom line is, Joe's care team is working hard to treat him efficiently without driving up unnecessary cost, all the while focusing on improving and maintaining his health. This is the kind of care Joe deserves, and so do you. But is this the type of care you are receiving? Are you tired of the high cost of healthcare? Are you overwhelmed trying to navigate a complicated healthcare system? Welcome to Get Savvy, demystifying healthcare weekly podcast where we take complicated healthcare topics and make them simple. Imagine if you could stop feeling paralyzed with fear and frustration and instead be empowered to make smart healthcare decisions for you and your family. Get Savvy with your host, Sandy Kibling, a healthcare professional changing how healthcare knowledge is shared. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Episode 18, Understanding Value-Based Care, the Care You Deserve. Often in podcasts, I talk about providing you with knowledge to navigate the healthcare system and options for affordability, and I will keep doing this, but in this episode, I want to talk to you about a change in perspective that is long overdue and can result in quality outcomes for you. Today, we will talk about what is value-based care, two, the benefits of value-based care, and three, value-based care options for you. Let's get started. What is value-based care? Value-based healthcare is a healthcare delivery framework that incentivizes healthcare providers to focus on the quality of services rendered as opposed to the quantity. Under a value-based healthcare model, healthcare providers, including hospitals and physicians, are compensated based upon patient health outcomes. Providers who participate in value-based care agreements are rewarded for promoting healthy patient outcomes, reducing the chronic disease burden, and helping their patients live healthier lives through evidence-based medicine. Now, this sounds ideal, but why is it not as accessible today for you and the providers caring for you? A big part of this is tied to how your providers are contracted with your health insurance company. Now, you may be thinking, why should I care about this? But it is important because how they're contracted impacts the kind of care you receive. So let's look at an example. Providers today are paid on what we refer to as the fee-for-service schedule. So if you go and see your provider, say, for an annual visit and you get a flu shot and a COVID booster, your bill submitted to your 
insurance company is very similar to, say, a plumber's invoice, where you, you'll have a description of the service provided and you'll have a payment due. So in this example that I've given, let's say a 30-minute visit is $100. The flu shot admin or preparing the syringe is $5. The actual injection of the flu shot is $12. For the COVID booster, preparing the syringe is another $5. And the injection of the COVID booster into your arm is another $14.50, making that total bill $136.50. My point in mentioning this is with fee-for-service, your providers are paid on the quantity of services they provide, not the quality of care. It also should be noted that fee-for-service can also lead to inflation of a provider's bill to your insurance company. Now, how does this happen, you may ask? Let's say you see a dermatologist for a skin check. A provider may add to the bill recommending removing skin tags or doing a biopsy of skin areas that don't really need to be removed or biopsied. This could result in a bill with line items that are paid for but not needed. Let's stick with the dermatology example. Let's say a dermatologist marks 12 skin areas that need removed versus six, and they could be actually paid more from the insurance company for those unnecessary areas that really don't need to be biopsied or removed. This is what we call inflating a bill. Now, I'm not suggesting your provider is fraudulent and providing inadequate care, although inflation of a bill does happen. I'm just emphasizing the inadequacies of a fee-for-service model that exists today. Now, let's look at the value-based care model. In a value-based care model, as we discussed in the intro of this podcast, a primary care physician works together with a multidisciplinary team to evaluate your condition and identify the best next steps. This team has a time and communicates with patients to earn their trust and better manage illnesses, addictions, and discover whatever social causes, such as a disconnection from their community or family, that might be driving health issues. Even more directly, value-based care teams are incentivized to keep patients out of high-cost care environments such as emergency departments and inpatient treatment centers. In value-based care, your team of doctors are invested in the total well-being for you, and it incentivizes the healthcare team to work and communicate together to keep you well and out of the hospital. Value-based care can also reduce cost, improve quality of care, and provide greater incentives to your healthcare team to meet your healthcare goals. The fee-for-service model is simply not equipped to address long-standing challenges like income inequality or poor nutrition or access to care, polluted air and water, educational opportunity, and other social factors. Yet in a value-based care model, care teams must find a way to address those social factors if they are to properly treat any chronic disease, keep patients healthy out of the ER and reduce the length and frequency of any hospital stays and in general, reduce cost and utilization. So how are providers paid and incentivized? Well, in a value-based care model contract, providers are typically paid capitation rates. Here's what that means. A provider may be paid say $20 per patient each month, or we refer to it as per member per month. Perhaps that practice has 500 patients, so they get 500 times 20 or $10,000 a month or $120,000 annually. They get this regardless if they see a patient or not. But the beauty of this model is that the provider is incentivized to use these dollars wisely while keeping their patients healthy. Here's an example. Let's say we have Aunt Margaret, who's recently been diagnosed with high blood pressure 
has prediabetes, high cholesterol, and she's advised to lose 50 pounds and improve eating habits. In a fee-for-service model, Aunt Margaret may be prescribed medication at an annual visit and be scheduled for recheck, recheck six months or one year later, and or Aunt Margaret may be asked to track her vitals, but will she? In a value-based care model, Aunt Margaret would work with her care team, likely scheduled for monthly visits to track her new blood pressure medication to make sure it is working. She would be assigned to a dietitian, attend classes, and her progress would be monitored so she can see the progress she's making. Her care team would meet and work together and communicate on her care plan, making changes as needed to keep her chronic illnesses in check and Aunt Margaret out of the ER and living her best life. So let's talk more about benefits of value-based care. And I believe we've addressed a lot of these through the examples given, but just to provide a brief recap. One, patient spends less for better outcomes. In a value-based healthcare system, healthcare providers concentrate, again, more on providing that preventative care, which is less costly when compared with the treatments for chronic condition like diabetes, hypertension, or obesity. Also, physicians and other healthcare providers focus more on the treatment methods, which helps patients to quickly recover from their illnesses and injuries more effectively. Now, how can we say that patients spend less with a value-based healthcare system? Because of the proactive care and monitoring of conditions and keeping people out of the ER, patients may have fewer doctor's visits or medical treatments and medical procedures. This ultimately reduces the healthcare spending while improving healthcare outcomes. Two is patient satisfaction. Patients don't want to feel disconnected or not cared for or rushed through a visit. They want to be communicated with and educated to get the best results. I had someone share with me recently that although she and her provider both spoke English, she felt like they were speaking different languages. She walked out of that visit confused and disappointed. In a value-based care model, it really builds on the patient and physician relationship and an overall partnership in health with a team of providers caring for you and making sure you understand what they are saying and educating you on the process. Three, improved care coordination. In a traditional healthcare model, healthcare providers don't generally have the capacity to provide that much care coordination or follow-up. Because of the fee-for-service model, they are currently subject to low reimbursement from health insurance companies per their contracts. They must see a certain number of patients in a day in order to maintain their independent practice. They also contend with the administrative burdens the health insurance companies place on them, such as an authorization process that keeps office staff on the phone for hours, troubleshooting claims issues, or working with an insurance company for months addressing why a new provider added to their practice is still showing out of network, requiring patient surgeries to get postponed until the issue gets addressed. Statistics show that healthcare insurance administrative burden can be as much as 45% of a provider's time, leaving them to rush through a visit or book visits to meet a quota. In a value-based healthcare system, there are incentives and improved technologies that enable providers to coordinate care. The integration produced by collaborative care creates better outcomes for patients because all of their healthcare providers work together and in partnership with you. Four, reduced healthcare cost and improved care. By keeping people healthy and working with them in partnership to change habits and improve their health overall results in better outcomes, potentially less medications, and minimizing the risk of ER visits and our hospital stays, which can be incredibly expensive and require that some people end up in, in bankruptcy. 
So going back to Aunt Margaret, if she works with a dietitian and loses those 50 pounds and reduces their sugar intake with lifestyle changes, she is taking a step-by-step approach where she can get her prediabetes numbers back to normal and minimize the risk of a chronic condition that could require medication or potentially result in hospitalization. Five, stronger cost control and reduced risk for health insurance companies. The value-based healthcare system benefits patients, healthcare providers, and also health insurance companies, also known as payers. Value-based care lowers costs across the board, meaning that insurance companies have to pay out less money for the services their subscribers use. When insurance companies have lower costs, they are less likely, less likely to raise premiums and deductibles for you. Okay, value-based care sounds great. So why is this not the premium option for care and more available to you? I've mentioned in previous podcasts that by day, I work as a physician consultant renegotiating contracts for provider groups nationwide. In every negotiation with health insurance companies, I ask if there are value-based care contracts available. Sadly, 97% of the time, I am told there are none. When I ask about the future state of value-based care, I am told they are working on it, but there is no definitive time frame that can be provided. At the healthcare insurance company I worked for, we started this conversation about value-based care in 2012, and to date, nothing has materialized. I believe providers really want to provide value-based care, but the partnership and collaboration with the health insurance companies is lacking, resulting in the lackluster care you may receive, especially in light of the dollars you pay for your health care. As for why it's taking the payers so long, well, this can be tied to staff issues and technology to actually administer these contracts. I know payers are trying to make a concerted effort, and hopefully we will see more options available in the coming years. Value-based care options for you. I believe we will see contracts for value-based contracting supporting providers to deliver this value-based care, but I predict this to be three to five years out, unfortunately. That said, providers and large medical groups are getting creative and taking matters in their own hands to offer you this kind of support, as well as Medicare's offering some sub-models of this type of care. So if providers aren't contracted to provide this service, how can you locate a group providing value-based care or this creative option that providers are creating? Well, there are tools you can use to locate a provider who provides this type of care. I will link to these in the show notes. ChenMed offers options for seniors, Medicare recipients, available in the following states as of this recording, Florida, Illinois, Kentucky, Michigan, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Georgia, Kansas, Louisiana, Missouri, Ohio, South Carolina, and Texas. Chin Med's doctors improve the health of the neediest seniors every day with an intensive high-touch care model and, and believe that when their patients do better, they do better. Each physician has a small patient panel that creates deep patient relationships with a focus on prevention. You can go to their page and search locations to see if there's an office near you. You can also check out newprimarycare.com. Newprimarycare.com is the first website designed to help adults on Medicare search for and compare value-based care providers. Whether you are on Medicare, will soon age into Medicare, or are a caregiver for a Medicare recipient, they can help you connect with a quality doctor focused on caring for seniors. Now, what if you're not a senior? What options do you have? 
Well, one, when searching for a provider, you can call that office and ask if they offer a value-based care model. Two, during open enrollment, you can choose an HMO plan. They tend to lend themselves toward coordinated care, like a Kaiser Permanente as an example. I happen to be a member for KP for years and did find the care more connected under one electronic medical health record system and the communication was better between providers, but there are definitely pros and cons to an HMO versus a PPO, so make sure you evaluate the options that are best for you and your health situation. Three, you can choose to work with a large multi-specialty care medical group where your primary care and specialists all work in the same facility. Chances of your medical records and providers all under one roof will likely improve communication and coordination. Fourth, you can also call your insurance companies to see what value-based care options are available to you. I have found that Humana has really been leading the way with value-based approaches, but many other payers are providing value-based options that you can research on their website and, again, call uh, the number on the back of your card so they can share with you more resources that may be beneficial to you. I hope this information has helped provide some enlightenment on our current state of healthcare and future state with value-based care. In our next episode, I will cover the pros and cons of going without healthcare insurance. And if you are choosing to go without healthcare insurance, what alternative options may be available for you? Until next time, get savvy. 